Good morning. Welcome to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. We like to frame our announcements in our five practices that we're trying to uh, live and breathe and, um, and actually carry out to the best of our ability. The first one's radical hospitality. And I'll give you an announcement that's been made a number of times. Uh, the Supper at 6 registration, we have uh, Supper coming up this Wednesday at 6 o'clock and uh, has a great meal. It's listed in the bulletin and you have the opportunity to sign up in the bulletin. I'm sorry, in the register. If you'll just put uh, dinner and put uh, the number of children and adults out from that so that we'll know exactly who's coming. This morning is the last chance to register for that so that we get the opportunity uh, to share that with them. Next Sunday is Scout Sunday. Uh, we welcome the Scouts there in the Rock House right behind us every single Monday night, and they will be uh, doing a number of things in both of our worship services, and um, also we'll be selling popcorn next week, so if you're a popcorn fan, make sure that you have um, cash or a check to make sure that you can give uh, to them to buy that popcorn and support them. Uh, also in Radical Hospitality, we send out an email on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I want to celebrate something. The um, clicking on, we can tell exactly who clicks on and how many we get, it's up above 50% now, which you would think, 50%? It started at 30%. And a couple months ago, it got into the 40s, and now it's breaking into the 50s, which means half the people that we send that email to are reading it. And if you're among the people who actually read email and you said, there's an email we send out? You're part of that half. Um, so we, uh, there's a couple things that could be happening. It could go to your, um, it's called promotions folder in Gmail. Gmail does that on purpose to protect you from people who intend to do you harm. It could be in your junk folder. It could be uh, in any number of folders. Just make sure you look for it. It's from our church. It'll be from one of our staff. If you say, um, I don't know how to fix that, period, um, we will help you fix it. If it's in your email and you just don't click on it, well, that's pretty simple remedy. Go ahead and click on it. It's got some, uh, uh, we try not to have more than three announcements in each one, uh, so it'll give you helpful things for the week that are coming. Um, we believe in passionate worship, and I want to tell you about our worship in the month of January as we wrap this up, uh, so that you can be in prayer for these families. We baptized Porter Tompkins. We married Dennis Kiff and Emily Griffin. Daniel Diaz and Paige Brooks got married yesterday at um, uh, Greer City Hall, and we've lost Ben McClyman and Alan Rogers and have memorial services for them. That's all just this month. Um, the amazing nature of God's call and worship from infancy to death and being with us. And um, I'm grateful for the way this family has supported each of those events and continues to do so. Uh, intentional faith development is another practice that we have. I want to tell you about our confirmation class. You know what we learned about today? Five practices. So if you have a confirmand, ask them about the five practices and see if they can give them back to you. Uh, one, maybe even two, they can recite back to you as we continue to learn these. Uh, Risk-taking mission and service. This more happens in the 9 o'clock, um, but we're going to expand it. First Prez is selling coffee called Cafe Eusto. It's um, justice, uh, coffee, coffee for justice. It's helping um, families in Mexico that are trying to build a small business and support their families 
family. And uh, very simple, if you drink coffee, you just buy this coffee and it supports them. We're serving it now at 9 o'clock, but that will expand to selling it, and um, you'll see that in the near future. So that's probably plenty of announcements for you. Uh, make sure that you pay attention to what's in the bulletin and take them home with you, put it on your refrigerator so that you see all the things that are coming. We do not have any Monday meetings tomorrow. It's the fifth Monday, so we don't have any schedule. Uh, so if you'll stand as you're able and join us for our first hymn, number 496. Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated and turn to page 38 in your hymnal. I'm going to invite the Featherstons to come forward. Warren and Betty have lived here before, and uh, Betty has actually worshipped here before when they lived close, uh, just up the road, um, but they're now coming here full-time. When I went to go visit them, you remember when that storm just blasted through town in about eight minutes and went south of us? I was at their house that day, and they were telling me that they love farm animals, especially horses, and that they spent their entire lives as educators. And I said, well, I don't know if we have anybody like that, but we might try to find someone. No, I said, our whole church is that. You found, uh, you've definitely found a home. So um, grateful that y'all are interested in joining and, and grateful that you've um, come today. I'll ask you these simple questions. As members of Christ's Universal Church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Congregation, take out your pencil. We did this last week in another place. Take a pencil out of the thing. You see our gifts and our service in bold? Put in witness. This is new in the United Methodist Church since we've had these hymnals, and it's time that we say it. Our gifts, our service, and our witness. Y'all ready? Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you and the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in Christ establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Welcome. Welcome. If y'all will please welcome the Featherstones.
Our first scripture lesson this morning is from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of God for the people of God.
mercy. Let us pray. Lord, as we read a text about blessing, we try to understand what it means. Place us in the shoes of those who were there. Those on the side of the mountain that were um, attending worship all the time, with Scripture all the time, and trying to understand Jesus' interpretation. Those who maybe weren't there as often and hadn't been there in a while and were trying to understand the point that He was making. Those who had nothing to do with church that were simply drawn to that crowd and to His words. Help us to find each of those motivations as we hear this text. Help us to hear the blessing for so many different people in so many different situations. Help us to take on that blessing, Lord, that we may be a blessing to others far beyond this worship service. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to give online or text to give, you'll see instructions on how to do so. I'll remind you next week that if you'd like to give to the Scouts, next week will be your opportunity.
like to try something new. Um, many churches stay standing for the gospel reading, and especially since we just read the one portion of it, I'd like y'all to remain standing after the hymn just for the first portion of the gospel. We're reading chapter 5 starting with verse 1, and we're only reading verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So the reason I stopped us is it's important to recap what's happened, which I think has a direct impact on the Beatitudes, what's called the Beatitudes, the blessing. And it has to do with chapter 2, and it has to do with chapter 3, and it has to do with chapter 4, before we're here in chapter 5. In chapter 2, King Herod loses his mind. And some would say, rightly so. He's the king, and he's not truly the king. He's actually a um, puppet king for the Roman government, so he already has some power taken away from him. And people come from another land, which I think would always be threatening. Um, I was talking to the confirmands today about how the, many of the maps around the world look very similar to the map that I studied when they were in the sixth grade. And that has not been a long time for human history. Um, those lines have shifted over and over and over and over and over and over again as nations have risen and fallen. But to have somebody come from another country and say, uh, we're here to see the new king. <laughs> What's that? I mean, what would a king say when people from another country come and say that? The scripture, in fact, says that he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. Now, do you think all of Jerusalem loved him? Do you think all of Jerusalem loved his policies? Do you think they loved the way that he lived, the way that he spoke, the things that were going on in their life? Do you think they loved that? Probably not. But what they did like was stability. Anybody who's coming, even if they're better, is going to cause instability. Instability is going to cause conflict. And if the Romans see us having conflict, there's going to be real trouble. So let's just put up with this guy. At least we know him. King Herod threatened harm not only to the toddler Jesus, but to every male toddler. And in fact, carried out that threat when he found out the wise men had tricked him. A vicious vicious king who brought pain and sadness and anguish upon everyone. And that was the pursuit of Jesus. Not like a pursuit of Jesus that we talk about trying to figure it out, but to pursuing him to try to get him, to try to eliminate him. Jesus' families, Jesus' family suffers, but all families in that time suffer with toddler boys. Matthew chapter 3 is far more upbeat John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. He's pulling away from the big cities out to the desert to find the true core of their faith. Why do you have to pull away from the big city? Well, the temple's there. What goes on at the temple? Politics. Who gets to be the one? Who gets to be the leader? Who gets to be in charge? Who gets to say what's going to happen? Even in this place that's supposed to be among the holy places on earth, human beings are there, and they get grumpy with each other. So John the Baptist goes out to the desert to draw people to try to get them to figure out what we are actually trying to do here. In the midst of that, pursuing the sacred, Jesus himself comes out to the desert 
and is baptized. And everyone who is there witnesses the skies breaking open and God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is a positive event. Drastically different than his toddler years. But then Matthew chapter 4. The devil offers everything. Jesus is alone in the desert, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Y'all ever miss lunch? <laughs> I try not to, but when I do, I'm grumpy. A lot of times I'm meeting with someone or talking to someone and whatever I'm doing or trying to finish an email and it's pushing me to 2 o'clock. And if I get out on the road or uh, I go home and I'm letting my dog out before I eat lunch and they're not doing exactly what I want to do when I've waited two hours, I get grumpy in a hurry. Think about 40 days. Think about the weakness and pain that he felt because he was fully human. And in that moment... The devil approaches him and says, look, there's rocks everywhere, and I've been there. There are rocks everywhere. Turn them into bread, and you'll have as much bread as you want. Even though that's within his power, he says, that's not my job. That's not my calling. That's not God's will that I would do that. The devil takes him to the highest point in Jerusalem. He says, I'll give you all of this. If you simply say that I'm the one. And you think about the books that you've read, the movies that you've read, all sorts of different pop culture references to a rising star being offered to go down another path. We think, I don't know, the Bible, I don't know if the Bible's interesting, but Star Wars, Star Wars is interesting. You know what happens in Star Wars? Luke is tried, they try to pull him to what? The dark side. The emperor, the emperor tries to pull him to the dark side. And he says, I'll give you everything. Okay? So those three chapters, we have dramatic highs and lows. The pursuit of the toddler Jesus, the actual pursuit of the sacred in the baptism, and the pursuit of power or the denial of that with the devil there. Action-packed leading up to ours. So let's look at our text for today. Verse 3. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Did y'all hear those three stories in those? Sometimes it was a positive version. Blessed are those who are um, pursuing righteousness. Sometimes it was a negative version in the story. 
Blessed are those who are about peace. King Herod struggled a little bit with that, didn't he? Blessed are those who are truly focused. So, how do these words strike you? Sometimes you'll see them um, stitched and framed in your living room or in an office. How would the people there hear them? Let's go around the, around the horn for the different perspectives. Um, is he saying, I should, be, I should feel myself blessed because I'm in this position? I'm talking about the people who were on the mountain that day. So I'm poor in spirit, I'm broken hearted, I'm hungry and thirsty, so you're saying I should see myself blessed? Almost like, you don't even know what it's like to not have a lot. It's a lot to have a lot. You should consider yourself blessed. They could think that. Is he saying, I will be blessed because I'm in this position? My current state is not full of joy, but I will ultimately be blessed. Is that what he's saying? Is he saying these are targets to shoot for? I should try to pursue these things. I should try to feel these things. I should try to think these things because if I do, then I will be, what? Blessed. Is he saying these people are now the important people? all his wheels turning in people's heads they could go any of those directions as he's saying these words and he, all you have to do is look at the disciples who were faithfully committed to him and listening to him most of the time to see how often they were confused by what he just said so these people try to understand now think about two different images you can choose your favorite students in a classroom trying to understand exactly what the teacher wants so that they can give the teacher that thing, so that they can get the grade, so they can get out of here. College football uh, players looking to NFL scouts, trying to see exactly what you want me to say in the interview, exactly what you want me to run in the test, exactly anything you need me to do so that I can get drafted to a team and pursue my dream. I don't know which one of those, maybe, hopefully both those images, you understand what I'm saying? Just tell me what I have to do so that I can get this done, so that I can move on. Can you see the people on that hill doing that? Uh, if, if they're human, like us, we do that all the time. What, just, can you just tell me the thing? What, all right, you don't tell me all that stuff. Just, what's the thing? Tell me the thing I have to do in order to get it. Is that the spirit of this text or of that uh, sermon on that mountain? Mm -mm. He's trying to reshape their beliefs, not give them answers in the back of the test to pursue. He's saying you are blessed by God despite your pain, your anger, your, anger, your sadness, your death. Because people in that moment could sense that they are not. You might say you are noticed. You are loved. You are cherished. In those moments of sickness, pain, loss, death, because you may feel out in the cold, you may feel isolated. You are blessed by God in your pursuit of understanding and faith. And it's important to use the word, in my opinion, pursuit. Any of y'all have it? Anybody understand it? Anybody got a full grasp of it? Anybody living it out completely with no mistakes? Mm -mm. What are we trying to do? We're trying to pursue 
God's will, trying to pursue the understanding of the text. He's saying you are blessed in that pursuit because there are times when you may feel that you are not. You are blessed by God as you defy the human tendency for grasping for power. See, the human tendency tells us to grab it when we have the opportunity. To grab hold of the conversation, even if it's just tea out uh, on uh, main or trade. Did I get that right? Yeah. Just controlling the conversation. Controlling the boardroom. Controlling what happens at your home. Controlling your neighborhood. It's in our nature to try to take control. And I read an article, two, three, four, however long ago, and it said American workers in this poll were given the opportunity to make far more money or to be autonomous at work. Which one do you think they chose? Autonomy. Just so I don't have to put up with somebody. Is that not a driving force in this life to get to a point and to have enough power that we don't have to deal with the people that we've had to deal with? That causes us to say things and do things to put us in a position where we are defying what God is asking us to do. So those are three really different points that I think are being made in that text. You're blessed by God. You're noticed by God. You're loved by God, even in your pain and anger. You're blessed by God in your pursuit of understanding and faith. You're blessed by God as you defy the human tendency for power and authority. Now, some of those might speak to you. Some you don't have any problem with at all. But I'm guessing some of those capture you. What I talked about on the podcast was my personal struggle with blessing is that I figure if I work hard enough, then I will win. Period. Whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve, whoever it is I'm trying to get, whatever it is I'm trying to say, if I just outwork whomever it is, then I will win. You know how often that's paid off? More often than not. You know how often I want it to pay off? Every time. Every single time. And when it doesn't, I think, hmm, it'd be amazing if God would bless me in outworking this thing and give me the exact thing that I want. Is that right? Mm -mm. So if you looked at those three categories... If you look at some of the negative things that humans did in the build-up to this sermon, and you think about which one of these speaks to me the most. You know when public speakers tell you to close your eyes and you go, come on man, I won't close my eyes. I'm going to do it. So do it. Listen to this and see which one of these resonates with you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Which one of those resonated with you? And did it resonate because it convicted you? You know, I need to let off the throttle in this situation. Or because it comforted you? You know what? I thought I might be isolated, but I am not. I'm guessing if I asked these questions, if I read this text today, July 1st, December 27th, and in 2019, your answers would be different. That's what's so amazing about this text is so inclusive of the human experience. Blessed are you who are pursuing this faith. Blessed are you who are trying not to control. Blessed are you who are trying to be peacemakers because God first made peace with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand as you're able and join us for our final hymn, number 361, Rock of Ages.
thank you to everyone uh, who volunteered and made this service special. I encourage you all to look at all the things that we're doing to communicate what's happening on Sunday and beyond. We're trying to make them all work with one another and encourage you to um, use intentional faith development throughout the week to understand this text in the songs that we sing and the prayers that we pray and the word that we read. I encourage you to read. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.